Welcome to The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. I am your host, Matt Philbrick. Welcome back to this episode of The Real Game. Uh, what you've been listening to, there are some sound recordings that I did from over this weekend. So let me just set the stage here for you a little bit. I'm actually in Maine right now on kind of a semi-vacation. Uh, uh, and we're here visiting some family that we haven't seen in forever. Uh, my brother, I have a brother that lives in Spain with his family, my brother Dave, and he's here visiting uh, for a month or two. And so this was the only time that we could come up and see him. So we made a quick trip up here. My brother Mark is a pastor up here. He's actually been on my podcast before. He has a church softball team uh, that has been in the playoffs here since Friday. So we got here Friday afternoon. We went to a softball game Friday night. It was a semi-important game because it was the first round. I think the first round of the playoffs, maybe the second, but it's double elimination. So they actually lost Friday night. So Saturday, pretty much all day, we were at this softball tournament. If you've never been involved in church softball, it's uh, it's pretty cool, man. Like I've never really been in that in that world too much. Um, I played in a church softball league when I was younger, but I've been away from it for a while. So these guys take it seriously, you know. Uh, they really do, and it was it was a lot of fun to to be in that, in that arena and watch these guys compete against other churches. So just to, to, to round out this, this part of the recording here, just my, my brother's team, um, because they lost on Friday, they have to win out for the rest of the tournament. So they won their first game yesterday. Uh, and then they have to play the team that they lost to Friday twice and beat them twice in order to win the championship. So they beat them the first game yesterday, and they were supposed to have the championship game last night. And they called it off because it got dark. Uh, so the championship game is actually tomorrow night. So I'm looking forward to that. Those sounds that you're hearing is just, that's as good as it gets, man. That's church league softball. Everybody's excited. Um, you know, there's a little bit of digging going on here and there between the teams. But overall, it's good fun, good competitive fun. Uh, I'm excited about the podcast we're having today. The topic we're going to talk about today is actually coaching your own kids. Coaching your own kids. Um, if you're a coach and you have kids, you are likely going to end up coaching them at some point in time. I coached my kids for you know a couple of years here and there. Uh, my guest with me today is Phil Hubbard. How are you, Phil? Good to have you on the show. Uh, thank you for having me. So I'm going to let Phil introduce himself uh, a little more extensively here in a second and let us know what he's been up to. Phil, you and I haven't talked for 20-some years probably, but Phil and I went to college together. Uh, I was kind of in the basketball world there. Phil was in the soccer world, uh, but we were still friends. And we've, I've, I've, thankfully, through the world of Facebook, I've been able to keep up with you and see what you've been doing. Last week, I know I had a good friend of yours on here, Scott Corey, 
from uh, Temple Academy in in Waterville. He's the boys basketball coach there. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, Scott seems I've never met him personally, uh, but he came highly recommended. I know you speak highly of him. My brother speaks highly of him. He seems like he's doing an excellent job there. Um, but today we're going to talk about coaching your own children, which is, I guess, before you do it, if you haven't done it yet, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that big deal. But there's definitely some challenges when it comes to coaching your own kids, whether they're challenges that you face on your own or maybe self-imposed things or some challenges that your your kids bring your way or p- potentially even criticism from outside people, you know, people that are critical of how you're handling your child when you're coaching. There's definitely some some things to be to be learned there. And I think this would be a great episode. Phil, I'm I'm excited to see your input on this. You've been coaching for a long time. So why don't you kind of give us an, an overview of how you got into coaching and what your journey's been like that's led you to where you are now? Yeah, I've been coaching now, I think uh 29 years this coming fall. Uh, we've already started our season here uh, in Ohio. Um, my passion was always youth ministry, but I always loved sports. Uh, the Lord directed me to be a youth pastor at first for many, many years, but I always had an idea of being an athletic director, uh, and that sport realm was very uh, integral uh, in my ministry, mm-hmm. uh, especially coaching in Maine, where I was able to coach at the public private high school, um, and which opened the door for many other doors of coaching. Um so it was a unique way. Um, I've had the opportunity of coaching almost all my kids, my boy most in particular. Um, and then my daughters, I coached three of them, whether it was club or high school or, or just even at camps. So I've had every part of my kids coaching level, uh, but I've been coaching quite a while before coaching them, which kind of set the stage to understanding a little bit how to coach youth and how to handle your own kids. Sure. So you have, you have four kids, Phil? No, I have seven kids, Matt. Seven kids, man. Good grief, dude. Six so, girls. Okay. So six girls. And where in the pecking order does the boy fall then? He's number one in the order. All right. So you had so you had a boy, then you had six girls. Yep. Fantastic. Six girls. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I had three boys and then I had a girl. Um, okay. that opened up a whole new world for me, man. Like, you know, having sons and then having a daughter, very different things, as you know. But oh, uh yes. very rewarding, both of them in different ways. Um, so as that time approached, uh, when you were getting ready to coach your kids, did you ever grapple with the decision of, do I want to do this or not? Or was it always just the, Hey, I'm, I'm going in this with both feet. I'm excited to do this. Let's go. Um, my wife and I talked this through cause, um, she even said that I never really grappled with it at all. Um, my son wanted me to coach him. So from day one, after me coaching high school, as a little kid, he was on the sideline. I remember uh, playing in semifinal games of soccer as a junior hire. He was on the field watching. Um, I think some reason why I never grappled is uh, Erskine Academy is where I coached at for 13 years. Okay. Um, for eight years, my son was watching. And then the last four or five years that I got done coaching there after he had left, um, I developed a club team and I focused on his classmates. Okay. There were seven towns represented for that high school. And so I took kids from each town when he was U10 in fifth grade. And so I already kind of laid the groundwork because mm-hmm. I knew we would never compete at a level, not developing the younger. And so I kind of was lucky enough to use my son's age group as kind of the starting point of how to make that development happen. Um, and it was a great experience in that way, but 
I never had a grapple. I looked forward to it. My kid looked forward to it. He had the option to play other places, okay. but he chose he wanted to come and play with me and coach Excellent. him. Excellent. That's awesome. I think I might be wrong about this, but I think I made, did your son go to Summit University by any chance? Yeah, he went to Clark Summit University. Okay, yeah. did he play soccer there? Because I think I might have seen him play there. Yeah, he played there for four years. Yep, excellent. Excellent. I know, I'm pretty sure I've met him. My niece used to work at uh, Clark Summit University, so we'd go up there and visit them. And uh, I'm pretty sure he was around quite a bit during that time. He, he was. He was watching a game with you at somebody's house. Yep, that uh, would have been at my nephew's house, yeah. And he, yep. he, he called me and said, Dad, I just found out somebody you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were watching the... The uh, we won't bring up the Eagles Super Bowl, but I'm pretty sure it was one of the ones where the Patriots were spanking somebody in one of those Super Bowls. So I can't remember. I do remember faintly something <laughs> like that. <laughs> anyway, so that's great. So moving on to the next question, balancing the role of a parent and a coach can be kind of somewhat complex. So how did you navigate those waters and that fine line between what's going on at practice in a game and then time at home? I that's a great question. I find, I do not know any parent that doesn't coach the kid tougher. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's in our blood to coach them tougher, partly because we want them to succeed and we know what it takes to succeed. Um, and thankfully my kids were never lazy. I think mm -hmm. that's been some of the problems with some parents when they're coaching, they allow the kid to get away with things. I, I never had to do that. My, my kids, learn a trait of not being lazy. I think that was taught by my father. He never coached me, but he always told me, don't be lazy. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say many words, uh, my dad. He would always, after the game, talk to me as a parent, but somewhat like a coach, even though he didn't really coach me. Sure. And he would always say things, you know what, if you ever lose a soccer ball, you never give up in the play, you go after, go get it. Um, but he also taught me how to play the game right. Mm -hmm. Um I remember watching my brother when I was a little kid growing up uh, and watching a game, watching a goalie get scored on for the opposing team. My father says, look at this picture. He said, watch this goalie, what he's doing. He took his head and started banging it on the side of the crossbar, on the sidebar there with so much frustration that he scored. He said, this will help you understand. Never forget this because everybody is watching you as a player. Mm -hmm. And I was able to learn that, even tell my kids, somebody's always watching. You're under a microscope. Um, and I thank the Lord that I had a good father who actually taught me those great things. Uh, and I was hopefully I was able to pass it on to my kids uh, to play hard, play inside the game mm -hmm. and play fair. Um, and so those are the tough things that I'm kind of, you know, tougher on my kids because I want the best for them. Sure, so. sure. And those yeah. car rides are the toughest. You know how that is. Yeah, but it <laughs> sounds like... It sounds like you did your work at home and you instilled good work ethic in your kids so that there there didn't need to be many conversations probably of you need to work harder, you need to do this better, or you need to, you know, um, it sounds like they went out there, they did their best, they worked hard all the time. Uh, not that there were never any conversations of maybe you could try this or try that or do this different, but um, not the maybe tougher ones of you're not working hard enough, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. What challenges have you encountered while coaching your own kids? Just any specific challenges you come across that pop to the top of your head and have you managed any potential conflicts that have come up? Um, there's a couple, I think, and they're pretty short enough is injuries. Um, mm. uh, I've dealt with two of my daughters tearing the ACL. 
Um, and it's hard to watch them grow through that. Sure. Currently, my daughter is a senior uh, this past June. Uh, she tore her ACL going into her senior year oh. and MCL at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she plays in a boys team, a high school team, because we're co-ed, but she's like one of the two girls on the team. Yeah. And it's always hard to watch your kids go through that. And you want to protect them as much as possible. But it's part of the game. Yeah. And it's always hard to see as a father, you look forward to coaching your child, especially this senior year, because it's a unique opportunity uh, to be part of it together. Um, other thing is awards. Um, I've always taught my kids while I was at Erskine, my son in particular, we can only give out two awards. And I told him it, it's the nature of it. I said, Trevor, I can never, ever give you an award. Mm-hmm. The only award you're going to be able to get is from fellow coaches, uh, whether it's all regional, all state, all conference or newspaper articles, but yeah. I can never give you more because I can't put myself in that situation where I'm under that microscope. And in light of eternity, those awards won't matter, but people remember how you play on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is maybe the challenges when you're coaching your son, especially when they're a freshman with a bunch of the other freshmen that I had worked with is kind of navigating how they're far above the others because they play 80, 90 games mm-hmm. before they enter into high school together as a group. That was a challenge because I never not want to play some players, but after a while you got to play to win. Yep. And those kids that put the time in show itself. So you're under the scrutiny as a coach of playing time. And then when it involves your own kid mm-hmm. and they deserve the playing time, but it's like, you're fighting how much you do it and when do you do it? Yeah. And when do you pull the trigger? That's never easy. Cause no coach wants a disappointed kid. Everybody, yeah. We want to play everybody, but you can't play everybody. Right. So, yeah, you hate disappointed kids. You hate it maybe more when it's your own, uh, but it's yeah. part, it's part of competition and part of that life. But two things that you said, um, the injury thing, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your daughter, you know, her injury there before the season started. That's extremely tough for an athlete. It's tough for a parent. Um, yeah. It's tough when you're the parent and the coach. Uh, so I I hate that you had to go through that. Um, and then the second thing you mentioned about giving your son the award, did you, that's, that's, that's a tough position to be in as a dad or a mom, giving your child an award or not giving them the award. Did you ever have a parent or anybody come up to you after an award ceremony and say, we really feel like your son, uh, Trevor, was that his name, Trevor? Yeah. We really feel like your son, Trevor deserved an award, but he didn't get one and, and ask you about that. I never had to. Um, when I was at the last high school, is that we gave out four or five awards, so okay. I felt it was enough. And I had one of the parents come up to me. He was actually the pastor. Yeah, he said to me, "You don't say enough credit about your kids. You mm-hmm. need to say more credit." So I thanked him for bringing that up. Don't be afraid of sharing your kids' accolades and what they've done because yeah. they're no different from any other athlete mm-hmm. that's on the team and they need to be recognized for that. So I learned that from, uh, you know, from a, a pastor who I coach his kids. Good. So. Good. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, you mentioned a few things. Are there any unique rewards or positive experiences you gain from coaching your children that you might not have had otherwise, if you hadn't done that, you know, any special connection you made with, uh, I don't know if you coached all your kids, but maybe the ones you coached versus the ones you didn't. Yeah, th- there's definitely one that stands out. Uh, I had mentioned I coached my son with club soccer for five years, and then I had him for four years. And that was a nine-year journey 
that led up to um, us having the opportunity, God blessed, for us to play in the state finals uh, his senior year. Uh, and we kind of laid an egg um, in the regular season, had some struggles. We fought through it. Uh, so it put us on the road for every single playoff game. Okay. Uh, and just to be with that experience uh, of traveling all throughout the state, and you understand the state of Maine, to Mount Desert Island, to Presque mm-hmm. Isle, to Winslow, yeah. uh, to Portland, we are all over the state. Um, and to get to the state finals, even losing, uh, I will never forget that memory. Yeah. Uh, my kid will never forget that memory. It's on Facebook with him having a piece of cookie in his mouth <laughs> with me withholding the uh, the regional final plaque yeah. uh, from Ellsworth beating them. I, I, I'll never forget that. We always talk about that. That's awesome. My son wants to talk about it more. I'm thinking those days are done, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep on dwelling on this. Yeah. I understand because... I was blessed at Northland, so I always talk about our achievements. So yeah. I understand. Yeah. Uh, he's always saying how great that team was. It was a great team. They worked hard. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's it's fun to have that in common and to have those memories to bring up, though, that will last a, a lifetime for you guys. So that's fantastic. Um, how do you handle, or have you ever had to handle a situation where your kid disagrees with a coaching decision that you've made, or or advice that you've given them? I, you know, I've been pretty lucky with that. I have not. I think coaching them so young, mm-hmm. um, they kind of understood the philosophy um, of my coaching style, but also just in the drills. I think the biggest thing that I gain out of it is helping me by them letting me know what the temperature of the team is. Okay. Um, what what they are seeing. Because yep. uh, I'll do this and say, What's going on with that player to that player? What, what's the dynamic? And sometimes I find that something happened at school or mm-hmm. that, you know, there's an issue that might be going on, but never really a coaching issue because they never really challenged me in that way. It was more of a healthy relationship than yeah. that. Yeah. So um, I, I felt it was good. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe on a drill, maybe, hey, why are we doing this drill? You know, yeah. but nothing I could ever stand out that I've stood said, man, that's awesome. this really stood out to me. So yeah. I'm lucky in that way. Um, so that's I'm blessed for that. It's good to, uh, not that you use it, not in a selfish way, but that you had that second set of eyes that you could, yeah. you know, consult with or say, Hey, what's going on with this? And cause kids always have, they always have uh inside information that we as coaches or teachers don't always have, you know, like Correct. they might, they might know there's something going on at home with this kid. There might be maybe a breakup or a sickness or some, something going on that we don't know about, you know, yeah. can really help us as coaches connect with another kid or just have some special insight as to how we can help that kid through a certain situation. So that's good. That's great that you had that connection with your kids. Um, Can you share a specific, and you've shared some things along the way already, but can you share a specific moment or story that exemplifies the bond and growth you experienced both as a coach and parent throughout your coaching journey? Um, I won't share the coach side because I already shared that itself. Um, You know, it was, it was great to have some other people coach my kids in soccer. Yes. Um, you know, my, my daughter, uh, who tore ACL, the oldest one tore ACL three times yeah. um, and played for Lancaster. Um, but it was fun to travel with her and not, I, that's the one I never coached. Uh, okay. And she was a very gifted player, but I was able to watch her to go to tournaments, win tournaments, uh, to be in the ride home. Uh, she played so hard and just to be part of, you know, 
I had a kid that was driven so hard to play so hard and never had to really coach. Um, she went to so many camps that I was part of. So I, I was blessed to watch her and watch her journey. Um, and I will never forget that. And all my kids, I've, they've had somebody else coach them besides me. And it's always fun to kind of, you know, and I tried to be, I, I think I do a fairly good job. I try to let their coaches coach them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I try not to say much on the sideline. If I do, it's, it's very minimal. I'm not, I try not to be one of those screamers on the side, but it's <laughs> when my, I scream a lot when I coach, but I'm talking <laughs> when I'm on the sideline watching my kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I try to be careful that because it is their coach. I'm not their coach. Uh, and they, they need to know that. So, yeah. yeah. Now I love that. I love, I love that you are excited about other people investing and it's not just coaching them. It's investing in them. I'm sure she had some great coaches at LBC and other places that she was at. Um, You know, so it's, it's fun to watch your kids be invested in and brought along by other people that in their lives that you trust. Right. Yes. Yeah. No doubt. Um, this is kind of a, you know, it could be kind of a negative thing. Maybe not. Maybe you've never really experienced this. Um, I know I've coached my own kids and never really had this come up too much because I, I feel like, like you, I was probably harder on my kids than everybody else. Um, but did you ever have, did you ever have a parent that was critical of you and maybe accused you of favoritism, you know, favoring your own child? If so, h- how do you handle that as a coach? Um, I think, I try to be gracious. Don't overreact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very easy to do. Uh, don't try to defend yourself. You try to yep. defend yourself too quickly. You could say some words that get yourself in trouble. Yeah, I have had the struggles. Um, and I'm trying to go on my son's age group because this is what you're kind of talking about when I coached him. I, I think more of the struggles was those eight or nine freshmen that I had with his with his class it was more favoritism, not just to my son, to that group of players. Oh, there he is showing favoritism to them because he coached them for five years. Um, and of course his son's there and his son got in the field, the lineup took my kid out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I took some blasts. I even took a text. I should never looked at it before the game, play my kid uh, who was a senior and my son was a freshman. Yeah. Um, I'm like, what? I had a parent scream across the field. You're destroying my kid. Yeah. And that is the same. And they're good people. I mean, there's yeah. nothing I could do to change their mindset. Yeah. Um, so I, you got to have thick skin. you got to have thick skin and make sure you're doing it for the right reason. Yeah. You just can't, you know, you got to be careful with your words because yeah. they come back and, and bite you and just watch yourself and make sure you're doing it for the right reason. And, you know, that that's the key. I feel um, yeah. you're going to, you have a target in your back no matter what yeah. when you're coaching and they coach your own kid, it's a double target. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like what you said there that to be gracious with people, you know, um, we know what the Bible says about soft answer turns away wrath. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to get that criticism. I feel like if you're coaching your own kids, it's almost certain to happen. You're going to get that criticism. It's just it's just if you handle it in a Christ like way and you're gracious and you're kind in your response, you're probably going to throw water on almost any fire that's out there. Um, so it's a it's a tough it's a tough situation to be in, though, and. Um, it's, it's also disheartening as a coach when you are pouring into these kids and you, you hear a comment like that, like you're destroying my kid, you know, well, I'm trying to help your kid. I'm trying to grow your kid. I'm trying to invest in your kid. So that can be discouraging. So not letting discouragement settle in too, I think is, is important. So, 
Um, moving on to the last question right here, now. reflecting on your coaching journey so far, what advice would you give to other parents who are considering coaching their kids for the first time? It's important to realize if you're coaching, you're not just coaching for your kid. You're coaching for the bigger picture to help the whole program. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. And keeping that in perspective that it's not it's not the point isn't just to coach because it's your kid. Right. The point Correct. is you, you should be coaching for other reasons, coaching because you love to coach, coaching to help the program, coaching to invest in, in other people's lives, um, not just coach because you want to coach your kid. Um, if you, but like you said, if you do that, I think you're going to probably run into more problems than, than if you're coaching for the right reasons. So that's, that's a great point for sure. Um, Phil, it's been great to have you on here today. I, I really appreciate your perspective on this topic. It sounds like you've had, uh, great experiences coaching your kids. Um, I hope that anybody that's listening to this podcast has the same kind of experiences and that you truly enjoy the journey of coaching your own children because. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be stressful. It can be rewarding. It can be joyful. It can be um, something that you guys own together. And it can be, as in, in your case, something that you talk about and have memories for the rest of your life. So thank you for coming on and thanks for sharing today. Well, thank you, Matt, for having me. Appreciate what you're doing. I've been following this podcast for quite a while. And it's I, I think I mentioned this to you before. It's great that we all can support each other and hear different things. I told that to Scott Corey, your last um, guy in the podcast. Yep. We don't realize the impact is making out there that all of us coaches uh, can glean off each other and learn from each other. And just hearing a different voice makes a big difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep up the good work, Phil. And uh, I'll still be watching it for you on Facebook to see how you're doing there. Hopefully checking in once in a while and maybe we can have you on the show again sometime. All right. Well, thank you, Matt, for having me. All right. Have a great day. You too. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Real Game today. Something that would really help me out is if you'd leave a review or a comment on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. That would be great. I'd like to leave you today with a quote from Billy Graham. And the quote is this. A coach will impact more young people in a year than the average person does in a lifetime. So good luck, coaches, and coach on. Coach on.